But it's good to see you all here tonight. And, you know, it's such a privilege for me to be able to share with you all. And, you know, I really have something on my heart for this week. So I'm very excited. Um, And if you don't usually come to church or this isn't your regular thing, I really want to welcome you and just let you know that, you know, we're so happy to have you and you're so welcome here. And, you know, it's really just our heart that you would leave just knowing that there's a God who loves you and that, you know, he has such an incredible plan for you and your life. And for all of us, you know, I really hope that we can take something really special away from tonight. And, you know, as I prepared for this, this is more of a, this is something really close to my heart. So it's going to be a little bit different. And I thought, you know, I feel like I really just want to have a chat with you guys, really just you know, relax and just share a little bit, and I hope that's okay with you. Um, So it might be a little bit different, but I wanted to share a little bit of my story from more recently, and over the last three years, I've been really blessed by God as I've really pursued Him, and I've really chased after Him wholeheartedly. I've seen a lot of breakthrough in my life, especially I've, you know, overcome a severe anxiety issue. I've been able to see growth in my leadership and my gifts and relationships, which is fantastic. And it's just been such an incredible journey for me. And when I started 2019, I thought this is the year, this is the strongest I've ever been, you know, that's the best way to start the year, I feel like. And I was just so excited for everything that was going to happen in 20. And I was like, 2019, It's going to be great, and so far it's going very well, but there was, not a hiccup, but there was a real moment in this year already, and essentially, so one day at the start of the year, I was on my lunch break, so I work at a desk all day long, eight hours a day, three screens, I've got a big setup, and so I don't go blind or die of something. I love to go for a walk every lunch break. And I was on this walk in town and I was having a great time and I love to peruse all little stores. And while I was in this one store, I saw this uh, family come in with a mum and her two daughters and they were having so much fun and they were playing around and trying different things on and having a giggle. And it was just so nice to see. But, you know, if I'm really honest, when I saw that, I really started to feel a hurt, kind of a a pain that I really couldn't explain to myself. And, you know, it's funny because I tried to push it away. You know, for me personally, I've never really wanted family or kids or things like that. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I've always been very comfortable in that decision for myself. But even still, I just started to feel this real sense of, like, maybe a loss or that I was missing something that I might never have, which was weird because I was pretty happy in that decision. And, you know, I wonder if you guys have ever felt that way before. You know, you've tried to convince yourself you're okay with something, even though it's so clearly a hurt in your life and you just try and push it down. And, you know, it's like, I don't know if you guys watch Emperor's New Groove, I really hope you do, but how there's, you know, your little angel, your little devil, it's both you and you're arguing with yourself. And, you know, I do that a lot and I hope it's not just me. But, you know, in a room this size, I feel like there would be so many of us that have experienced a pain that we've really tried to push down and just ignore. And, you know, that can be based on uh, the actions of other people. It could be a hurt based on actions that we've done ourselves. And it can manifest in so many different ways ways. You know, for me, it was that hurt in family. For some people, it's an addiction or an anger towards someone. Or it could be maybe in your professional life. Maybe you've chased a dream or a promotion you've never got, and you're just pretending like it was never really your dream because that's easier for you. And there are so many ways that we 
can do this, but the real danger here is that you know, it's natural and instinctual for us to hide the most vulnerable parts of our lives. That's just an instinct. But we can actually convince ourselves that you know, hurts of the heart are actually sound decisions of our mind, and that's a very dangerous place and a very hurt place to live. And you know, that's what I was doing. I was convinced I didn't need kids. I'm going to be a, a killing the Oh, killing, no, I'm not going to kill anyone. I was trying to say a killer, you know, boss lady, own my own business, do all of this sort of entrepreneurial side of things. And, you know, I am well aware that you can do that as a mother, disclaimer. But, you know, that was my cover. That was my purpose and the reason that I always pushed it to the side. But it's funny if I really feel that way, that I would feel a moment of pain and hurt. Because if that was truly what I wanted in my heart, then I shouldn't feel that way. And, you know, I started to realize I had this fear that one day not only was I going to have to tell someone that I really cared about, that I didn't want a family, but worse than that, when they asked why, my decision would not be very good because I couldn't even figure it out for myself anymore. And, you know, I hope it's all right if we go a bit deep on a Sunday, if we go back to, you know, raw, because life just has ups and downs. And for me, sometimes it's the downs when I become the strongest when I learn the most. And, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. God always has favor and grace for us. And I want to share this verse with us tonight. And it's in Psalms, and I really want to share my message through this verse. And it's Psalm 139 verses 1 to 5 in the Passion Translation. And I really want you guys to listen to the words of this verse because they are just so, so important. It says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. You understand me, ev- my every thought before it even enters my mind. You're so intimately aware of me, Lord, that you read my heart like an open book. You know all the words I'm about to speak before I start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. And you've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow me behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. And, you know, I love this verse. And, you know, what I see here is a God who loves us so wholeheartedly, who loves every inch of us that he would know our thoughts before we say them, our actions before we do them. And, you know, my verse, uh, my verse, sorry, my message tonight, I've called it pain to promise. And, you know, as people we hurt, But through God, you know, we find wholeness, we find forgiveness, we find peace and healing. And, you know, I believe that in every pain, there's a promise from God. In every hurt, there's a plan and a purpose that he is going to work for good in your life and in others. And, you know, the promise, it's not complex. In Romans 8.28, it says, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan, bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. And you know, it's very simple. God's promise to us is that in all things, he can make a good thing. It's not that in all things, life will be smooth and easy. It's that no matter what you face, he can transform that into blessing. He can replace hurt with healing. And you know, that's exciting to me. And I really want to encourage us tonight. This message isn't just for us. You know, we're not the only people that hurt. And just because we're in church and we're trying to find something doesn't mean that people who are lost don't deserve to hear it. And I want to encourage you guys 
Take this to people who you know need it. Share it with them. Just be honest and open with them. Because, you know, when Rob shared a couple weekends ago and he said this generation might be the last Bible literate generation, that really concerned me because I don't want to be a part of the generation that lost fire for Jesus. I want to be a part of the generation that stoked it up so big that the future generations struggled to let it go out. And, you know, that means that we need to be so passionate about what we hear that we want others to know the truth. And, you know, before we go further, I just really want to pray for us tonight. And I'm going to take a drink of water because I think I'm speaking way too fast and I'm very unfit. So, apologies. But, Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house tonight. I just pray that for each and every one of us, you would start to reveal in our hearts things that we've hidden away, things that we've buried deep, God, not so that you could rush us and to moving them, but just so that we could start to heal, God. We could start to move forward into your plan and into your promise. And I just pray that as we leave tonight, we would leave knowing that there is a greater purpose and that in every pain, there is a promise for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, back to a more classic sezzy style message. I do have a fun story to share. Don't worry, I wasn't going to let you down. Um, and I recently got back from a trip to New Zealand, which was fantastic, with one of my besties, Raleen. So shout out to Rills, she's amazing. Um, and her dad's amazing too, because we were planning on going on a few hikes, and four-hour return, which to me is ridiculous. I don't know if you like to walk. I do not like to walk. So it was to see these beautiful glaciers, though, so it was worth it. And Raleen's dad prepared a survival kit for us with fishing line, fish hooks, gas, uh, not gasoline-covered cotton balls, Vaseline-covered cotton balls, lighters, ropes, stuff that I do not know how to use, but I was hoping Raleen did if we did get stranded. And it was fun to get that through customs as well, actually. They were very intrigued by the cotton balls soaked in Vaseline, but um, we just thought, you've got to be careful. And as an extra precaution, uh, one night while we were deciding what to watch on Netflix, we saw this very educational program called You vs. Wild. I don't know if you've seen this. Yes. Kate is an avid Bear Grylls fan, so she is on top of it. Uh, it's essentially an interactive TV show. So Bear Grylls does his thing, but in every situation, you get to choose what he does by selecting from the options on the screen. So he's, he explains what... Oh, so if he gets to a, a canyon and he wants to choose whether to climb on the dodgy log bridge or use a vine and you've got to choose like which one won't kill bear and he hasn't he didn't die luckily while we were watching but there's always time for that um but you just decide and we agreed on most of the things but the one thing that we did not agree on was snake versus crocodile and I'm not talking about a six foot salty crocodile I'm talking about a freshwater like teenage crocodile that Raleigh thought was scarier than the venomous snake um, we disagreed very strongly on this because for me, you, it's not hard to get away from a crocodile from what I've heard. You run in a zigzag, you know, you just, you zig and zag and they just, they're too slow. And venom, pretty hard to escape once you've been bitten. And I just imagined us being on a walk and Raleen would be dying after being bitten by the snake and I'd be like running back and forth like, oh, come back for help because I chose the crocodile road. So I'm zigging and zagging. And 
it came to moot because, first of all, we didn't end up going hiking because we went for a 30-minute walk and nearly died, so we thought four hours wouldn't be a good idea. Um, the incline is like this, so don't fear for our health, but we also learnt there's no snakes or crocodiles in New Zealand, so again, didn't help us. But as I was lying in bed after watching it, I'd been thinking of this message for a little while and how I wanted to share the story, how I wanted to communicate it. And, you know, I was thinking about the snakes afterwards and I was like, you know, I'm not scared of the snake itself. I'm just scared of the venom. You know, like, I mean, they're still pretty creepy, but if it doesn't have venom, I'm not going to die or lose a limb or anything like that. It's just something that I would try to avoid. And, you know, it just made me laugh because as I was lying there, I felt like this was a great way to tie in my thought and you're going to have to hold on because I think sometimes my brain is not the same as everyone else's, but that's okay. Individual, they say act confident, no one will question you. So that's what I'm going to do. But with the idea of pain to promise, it's this idea that the very thing that brings pain into our life God can use to bring the healing. He can use to bring the promise. And, you know, when you get bitten by a snake, you need anti-venom. And the only way you can make anti-venom is by using venom. So it's essentially the thing that gave you that illness, that injury, that pain is the thing you need to use to bring the healing. But the only way it can be done is if it's injected into something else and brought out again with new antibodies. And the way I see it is that, you know, when sin entered this world, conveniently through a snake, I would like to point out as well, but when sin entered this world, you know, we were all bitten, you know, that venom started working into our lives, it started affecting every part of us. But as soon as Jesus died on the cross, he took what was death, what was violence, what was hate and anger. And as he died, he turned that into peace and promise and love and healing. And he literally became the anti-venom to our world. Through the pain, through everything that we experience, Jesus turned that into something incredible, something for us. And that's where I really want to take us to tonight. And some of us here, we just choose to ignore the pain. We think it's easier. But there's a God who died for us so that the things of our past would die, so that hurt would die, so that we wouldn't have to live that life. And we just need to choose to grab onto that. Because if a snake bit you tonight you could be sure you're not waiting around for somebody to come and help you. You are going to be on zero, zero, zero. You're going to be doing whatever you can. But when we get bitten in life, sometimes we just wait around. We let it hurt. We just bury it and think it's going to go away and the damage just gets worse. So tonight, you know, I've got three basic thoughts for us that I really want us to consider, like what to do when we realize we've been bitten by something in life. Because the difference between a snake bite and the bite of life is that snake bite will really hurt your body, but the bite of life is going to damage people, it's going to damage relationships, it's going to damage friendships, it's going to hurt your spirit. So we really need to make sure we're mindful of this. And I'll do that just sharing through that psalm that we read earlier. So my first thought is that we need to be able to identify. If you can't identify what bit you, you will not be able to seek treatment for that. When it comes to animals, you need it down to the specific breed. It can't just be snake. It has to be brown snake or red belly. Like, it's very specific, and it's the same in our lives. If we don't know what is specifically bringing us pain, how can we ever try and find a way to heal that, a way to bring peace to that situation? 
And in the first two verses of that psalm, it says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive my every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand every thought before it enters my mind. Because, and I love this, because I think the biggest problem in identifying our pain is that we actually have to face the reality that it might be real, that the hurt might actually be there, and we're afraid of the answer. We're afraid to ask. But you know what? God already knows. He knows us so well. There's nothing we could ever hide from Him. It's just a matter of seeking Him and allowing Him to show you what it is. And, you know, after seeing that family, for me, I knew that the way that I felt, I needed to identify why I was hurting. I needed to know why I was upset because I thought I knew and now I'm hurting, and I just... Confusion for me is not something I enjoy. I don't know if you enjoy it, but I personally like a lot of clarification in my life. And, you know, the whole point of identification, it's not to guilt or shame or to make you feel bad. It's just actually to create a space for someone to bring help, for someone to bring that healing process. So, you know, I have two questions that I think we should really consider tonight. And the first one is, you know, what venomous things are you letting into your life? Are you playing around a snake nest? Because if you are, you probably need to move. You really need to consider if you're hurting, what might be the cause of that? And I've said it wrong in here. I don't know if it's going to look weird up there, but what's, what are you burying away in your heart that needs to be identified? See, there's a difference between knowing that you're near a place that might bring pain and actually being in a place where you are in pain. And I think tonight, it's my heart, not that we would leave in pain, but knowing that there's actually something under the surface that God can bring healing to, that God can actually remove from our hearts. And so, you know, God already knows what it is, and he's not going to overwhelm us all at once. He's not going to rush us into things that hurt really deep. You know, for me, it's been three or four years that I've been on this journey, and it's only just recently that I've seen any sort of clarification on this. He's worked on me piece by piece and never tried to rush me, and that's his heart. He always moves at a speed in his timing, but he will never push you where you're not ready to go. And that brings me to the second thought. So once we've identified things, we need to seek. We need to seek out help. We need to seek out guidance. In the third and fourth verses, it says, you're so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. You know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. And you know, God, he doesn't leave us alone on our journey. He walks with us day by day. And because of that, when we're not sure, all we need to do is seek him. All we need to do is pray and ask that he would show us because he's already there. He already knows. It's not a, something that he's going to have to go and Google about you. He's going to know exactly what you need. And you know, if we don't seek out help, it might not come to us. Um, you know, too many of us either sila, either suffer in silence or in ignorance because we're either too afraid to ask or we're just, we don't even know that it exists. Just like my pain, I did not know that was there until that moment. And so for me, I really started praying to God because I didn't know if I was hurting or if I was just emotional, if I if I did want a family, if I didn't want a family. And, you know, confusion will happen when you get bitten by something. 
You know, there's always an effect. And I think when you're trying to decide what to do, when you're starting to realize that it's life-threatening in a sense, you will start to get confused because it becomes so real to you what this really means in your life. And, you know, even if you don't know that something's hurting, we can still seek God to reveal things that are hidden. You know, every time you get to that next level, thinking that everything is going incredibly, God will always reveal something that's going to take you even higher, that's going to bring you to an even better place of peace in your life. And I love, I love this verse. In Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, this is again the Passion Translation. It says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude and tell Him every detail of your life. And then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make answers known to you. You know, it's funny because in the verse earlier, it says that God knows everything about you. But then in this verse, it says that you should tell God the things of your heart, tell him every detail of your life. There is a power in seeking. Just because God knows you doesn't mean he doesn't expect a response from you. And, you know, we can wait around for him to come to us. But I think when we seek God, when we go after him, that's a signal to him that we're actually ready for him to work in our lives. Like I said, he doesn't rush. He's not a God who's going to force things on us. But when we seek, that's actively saying that, God, we want you to do something with this. We're ready for you to take this hurt and bring it to the surface and make Make it into something beautiful and change it to your promise and your plan for my life. And that's why it's so important. Don't ever think that just because God knows what you think, that we shouldn't be open with him, that we, I will drive to work in the morning and just talk to him. And I just like to pretend that people think I'm talking to the Bluetooth phone in my car because for all they know, I could be. But you know what I mean? It's just as real as on the way to work, just having a chat. And That's so cleansing for the soul because God responds when we seek, always. And I think, you know, that's the step before he can really start working our pain into our promise. And so a question for us to think on here is, what do we really need to start sharing with God? You know, this verse says every detail, but I'm sure there are specifics in our hearts that we would know that we should share that with God. We should seek him on because we want to see a healing. We want to see something change. And that brings us to uh, my third thought in this. So we'll identify things to make sure that we can get the help we need and we'll seek God so that he knows we're ready for that next step. But the third thought is to treat or treatment, um, if you will. The fifth verse of that psalm, Psalm 139, says, You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. You know, I think... Treatment is all about trusting in God because we can identify ourselves. We can seek God. But the real treatment, we can semi-treatment. We can cut off the things we've identified that are hurting us. If they're people, if they're things, we can really monitor that. But the hurt and the damage that's already within us, that's not going to be treated by us. That's not going to be helped by us. And so this is such a faith step. And, you know, I use the example that God or Jesus was like an anti-venom to our world. And I think it'd be more accurate to say he's an anti-venom on steroids because I did a bit of research and anti-venom will never fix the damage that it's already done. It will only prevent the venom from spreading further. 
But you know, God, he'll take it away from spreading and he'll also repair every bit of hurt, every bit of pain, every bit of damage that's been done to you. And he's going to transform that into something incredible, into something that was, you know, you sometimes will look back and not even remember what the pain was because his fulfillment of his promise was just so good to you. And it's so transformative in that way. And I just love that about God. And it's important because treatment will always be in his timing. You know, God knows when the right time is. And sometimes that can be so hard. It's another part of the faith of understanding this point. But, you know, he knows what we need and he's never going to overwhelm us. But you can expect that he might want you to wait or he might need you to wait. And that's okay. The important thing is that you know that when God says there's a promise for you, you know you're not going to miss out if you seek him, if you follow him. You know that's going come to come to plan. If you wait like Abram, 150 or however many hundreds of years he waited, he knew his promise would come true because God told him that it would. And that's the faith that we really need to make sure we're living our life with because otherwise we won't see the promise. If we forget, if we can't hold on to it, we might miss out on something so incredible that God has for us. And, you know, I'd love the team to come up now if they're ready. And they have been so great to um, be able to perform something for us in a moment. But, you know, I just wanted to continue a bit with my story as they came forward. And, you know, luckily for me in this season, babies were sprouting out at New Hope like no tomorrow. So there was no shortage of them floating around. And, you know, I made it my mission to like stand near them at first. That was close enough. And I'm really bad with kids because I talk to them like adults. And so if you see me going to a three-month-old, how was your day? Don't, I'm not expecting a response. That's just how I communicate. And that's why I have a bit of struggle. But you know what? They love it, I'm sure. I like to think the people that talk baby talk, the Babies are just going, why are you looking at me like that? I'm not stupid. But I just made it my mission to start praying and seeking God and really trying to find out what the meaning was behind my pain, whether it was real, whether it was just a moment for me. And it was funny, this one morning I was playing with Fletcher, Izzy and Matt's adorable little baby boy, and uh, I gave him back before the service, obviously, um, but I killed mum life. Um, I was really good at it. And as we were in worship, we sang one of the new Hillsong songs, and it's called Whole Heart, um, Hold Me Now. And I remember standing in the mosh, and there were these lyrics, so this is the chorus, but it says, "'Once I was broken, but you love my whole heart through.'" And then it says, healed and forgiven, look where my chains are now. And I remember singing that and in that moment just thinking, I'm so excited to have my own family one day. And I don't want to get too emotional, but it's okay if we get emotional about life because it's just real. And I left so much lighter that day. And if I can never talk properly again, I'll finish the sentence. But I left so much lighter that day, 10 kilos, which for me is highly proportional to my body. But, you know, I haven't gone down since. All I'm looking forward to is the next 10 kilos of spiritual weight that I'm going to drop when God brings that revelation. And I can tell you there's healing for us tonight. And this song, this is a declaration because if you've lived it, If you see me going wild to this song on a Sunday, you know why now, because it's just so true. 
And I'm not just singing it for what has happened. I'm singing it for what I'm excited is still going to happen. And that's what I want us to remember tonight. That's what I want us to all be able to experience when we declare with words, God, that's seeking God. That's when God intervenes. That's when He breaks through to our reality. And so tonight, we're so grateful to have the beautiful team who are going to sing, not for us, but with us tonight. And I'd love it if you'd all stand. And I just really hope that you tonight, if you do have a pain, if you do have something, sing this song as a declaration. Know that God has healing. God has so much purpose for you. And if you're living in that space, sing this as praise. Pastor Sue preached this morning, put on the garment of praise and let God know that you are so, so grateful for what He's done for you. So I'll hand over to the team and just give it your whole heart. We just thank you that through you we're healed, we're forgiven, God, that our chains that once bound us, we now wear as as adornments, God, of your grace, of your love, of our healing, God. And we just thank you for that. And in this moment, I just love to ask us if we just kept our eyes closed and our heads bowed. You know, if you're here tonight and you know there's a pain, there's just something that you need God to work through, I just ask you to be courageous in this moment and just lift your hand. Seek Him intentionally. Let Him know that there's something that you need to let go of, that there's something that you want Him to bring healing and hope and a plan to. Father God, we just thank You for lifted hands, God, that people are so earnestly seeking You tonight, God, that they want to see Your plan revealed, the promise in their pain. Father, I pray that courage would be a gateway to Your plan, God, that as people step forward, You would intervene in their realities, Father. And we thank You for that tonight in Jesus' Name. And as our heads are still bowed, you know, I really want to speak to some people tonight. Maybe you're here and like I said at the start of the service, church isn't really your thing. You're not really a a regular or maybe you've never even been. And you know, tonight I want to give you the opportunity and invite you to know Jesus, invite you to accept Him into your life. Because, and I'm not saying this is going to make your life easier, but what it will do, it's going to... show you a plan. It's going to show you the promise and the love and the hope that God has for you. And that's something that we would never want you to leave this place without seeing. And so if you're here tonight and you've really felt that there's a presence, that there is a God that loves you and that has a plan, I just ask you again to be courageous, to lift up your hand in faith and make a decision tonight. And I'll just wait one moment because I want to give you an opportunity. But if that's your heart tonight, I want you to know that God is so ready to take you on a journey with Him. He's so ready to see the pain in your life transformed into His promise. He's so ready to fill you with such great hope and love and life that you just can't even contain it. And if that's you here tonight, and I really believe there's people who need Jesus here tonight, then I just ask you to raise your hands and then we're going to pray together. Father God, I just thank You for lifted hands. I thank You for people making a decision to follow You. I just pray that You would meet them right now, that they would know Your presence, Your peace, God, and that they would start to see a vision, that they would start to get excited about their new life with You, their journey with You, and all the promises that You hold for them. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Why don't we congratulate everyone who just made a decision? And we're going to pray 
this prayer on the screen and whether you made this decision in your heart or you raised your hand, it has the same value when we say it earnestly, when we say it with meaning. So dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I'll follow you. Amen. Well, it's been so much fun and you guys are just the best. And I hope you really take this into your week. I hope you really just take it to people who need it. Take it to people who you know need to see some promise in their pain. And let's remember that, hey, let's catch fire for God. Don't let us be the generation that put it out. Let us be the generation that builds it up so big people see it everywhere.